We're looking at scripture today in the third chapter of the gospel according to St. John. St. John chapter 1 verses 1 through 8 reading from the English Standard Version of Scripture. Notice there these words. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. No one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him, Truly, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel, I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. This is part two of the breaking, the birthing, the building. The breaking, the birthing, the building. We last time looked at the breaking, and it's a part of the birthing process because, as you know, when a woman is pregnant with child and the baby is in this water bag filled with amniotic fluid, until that bag ruptures, until it is broken, there can be no birth whether through the normal natural delivery process or even by cesarean, they still have to cut through the bag. There has to be the breaking of the bag. There's no birthing without a breaking. So don't fight whenever you're going through a broken period in life because it is essential for the birthing. It is essential for the birthing. Jesus now is dealing with one of the rulers uh, here among the Jews, Nicodemus, a well-taught man. But uh, he was religious, but he wasn't born again. Touch your neighbor, say, I know somebody like that. <laughs> there are quite a few people that are religious, but they're not born again. Nicodemus was one of those. He was religious, but he wasn't born again. And, and let me just tell you this. You don't please God by being religious. You don't get into heaven by being religious. You're not a Christian because you're religious. This uh, Christianity is about a living, vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, this unequivocally, this is about Jesus. It's about relationship with Jesus Christ. You got to be born again of the water and of the spirit, born of the spirit. And here, you notice in verse 2, Nicodemus even though he was religious and was not born again, he could see God at work in Jesus. He was religious. He wasn't born again, but he saw that God was at work in Jesus. Notice what he said in verse 2. He says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. We know you come from God. He says, because nobody can do these signs that you do except God be with them. Nicodemus could see that God was at work in Jesus, yet God was not at work in Nicodemus. But even religious folks can see somebody who's authentically in relationship with God. And here's Nicodemus recognizing God at work in Jesus, but couldn't even recognize God at work in himself. Being born is not 
an optional religious experience. It's not an optional experience. It is an imperative for our salvation. It's an imperative. You must be born again. There's no way around it. Now, you can do whatever you want to do. You can quote what you want to quote. You can go through mantras and you can do all this other stuff. But you must be born again. You can, you can burn candles, but you must be born again. You can get a big cross and wear it around your neck and get tattooed on, but you must be born again. You, you can wear long clothes and wear your hair up in a bun, but you must be born again. You must be born again. It is an imperative to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And see, here's the thing about it. Whenever you are born again, it means the old identity of who and what you were it has to die. Your old identity must die and be reborn in the image of Jesus Christ. That means whoever you are. And see, this is where the world is missing it. Because they said, this is who I am. This is my identity. That identity has been stolen. It is confused. We have more people now with such confused identity. But listen, when you are born again, Jesus said you must be born again. Not not twisted in your identity. He said you must be born again. When you are genuinely, I mean genuinely, bona fidely born again of the Spirit of God, you lose your old identity anyway. You lose that identity, whatever it is, confused, whatever it is. You lose that identity. Listen, you don't come to Jesus and say, well, I'm a businessman. I'm matriculated in this particular school and, uh, and uh, I have this particular degree. I'm an attorney and I have my Juris Doctorate. And whatever your identity is in your successes and whatever you've amassed on the earth, your degrees, no matter how much money you have, how many land, how much property you own, lose that identity. When you get born again, you have to lose what you are and come into Jesus Christ. Your old identity must die, and then you must be reborn in the image of Jesus Christ. No matter what you were, if you are a failure, if you came from a broken home, lose the identity of your brokenness. Lose the identity of your rejection. Lose the identity of your being in a situation where nobody wants me. I'm unattractive. I'm not intelligent. Lose that identity, and in Christ, who are you in Jesus Christ? You must be born again, born again. Don't get your identity by who your mama and your daddy was. Don't get your identity by what school you went to. Don't get your identity by what city that you are a native of or what state or what country that you're a native of. Listen, when you, the, the citizenship in heaven trumps all of our natural citizenship. And so if I am a child of God, I'm a child of God and I got brothers and sisters in Africa. I've got brothers and sisters in Asia, in Europe, in South America, all over the world because we are citizens of the same kingdom, of the born again of the water and of the spirit of Jesus Christ. And you have brothers and sisters born, made by one blood, all redeemed by the same blood. And it makes us brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. We're a part of a larger community. So your old identity must die. Do you remember 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 in the New Living Translation? Notice this. This means that anyone, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. You know, the old King James Version says, 
If any man be in Christ, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. He's a new creature. You're a new creature when you get in here. You belong to Christ. You are a new person. The old life has gone. The new life has begun. When you're born again, you let go of what was old in your life. Notice what he says in, in verse 3 here. here uh, Jesus and Nicodemus are having this conversation and Jesus answers him in verse 5 and says, Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now when Jesus told Nicodemus that he must be born of the water and of the Spirit, he was not merely referring to water baptism. Water baptism is a form of death. You have to understand that all life comes out of death. The earth is like a burial, but the life that sustains our lives comes out of the ground. It comes out of death. Life is born out of death. Life is born out of death. It's a form of death. When they came in through the Red Sea, that was Israel's tip, uh, typifying of the, the burial of the old life that they had in Egypt. Coming up out of the water, saying that the old person that I was in Egypt, now I'm being led into the promised land. This is a new identity. I no longer will identify as a slave in Egypt for 400 years. I'm a new creation in Christ, so God gave them a new creation. But I want you to understand, when Jesus talked about being born of the water and born of the Spirit, Jesus was schooled in the Old Testament. And what this verse really is in reference to is a scripture in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, uh, 24 through 28. Notice here. He says, I will bring you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. And I will sprinkle clean water on you. See that? He's talking about baptism here. Born of the water. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove this heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers and you shall be my people and I'll be your God. You, you notice that Jesus is having this casual conversation with Nicodemus, a well-educated man, religious but not born again. And Jesus explains to him in verse 6 here of St. John chapter 3 that that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Listen, we are mere human beings, but we are spiritually dead at our first birth. When you first come into the world, you're spiritually dead. We are born in sin, shaped in iniquity. We're spiritually dead. That's why we have to be born again. It doesn't matter how nice and sweet you were as a child. We were born in sin and corruption in a fallen world. We were born in a fallen world. That's why there's so much evil in the world. The world is a fallen place. But thank God for Jesus, the light and the hope of the world. But we, we are made spiritually alive at the second birth. That's why he tells us again, you must be born again. You must be born again. You must be born again. It is God's way of saying, you know what? You've got to go through a rebrand. You've got to be rebranded. You've got to have a whole different mindset, a whole different image, a whole different uh, uh, thought pattern. You've got to have a different way of, of communicating. You know, the old folks used to say, you know, when they came out, they said, I looked at my hands. My hands look new. I looked at my feet, and they did too. I started to walk, and I had a new walk. I started to talk, and I had a new talk. I'm just telling you, when you're born again, the old life of what you used to be, I mean, he begins to clean up the vileness of your, 
uh, our profane mouths, the expletives that come out. He starts cleaning us up. You know, once, you know, you can cuss like a sailor, but when you really get the Holy Ghost and start walking with him, something will start scratching you to, uh-oh, you know, that, that old man trying to come up here, but I got, I got some fuller soap on the inside of me that's, that's, that's cleaning up my language now. He's, he's, I feel him restraining me because back in the day, had you said that to me, I would have cussed you up the front and down the back. And I'm just telling you, when you really get born again, the stuff that you used to be comfortable doing, you're not comfortable doing it anymore because you got a governor on the inside of you, somebody that is sitting on the throne of your, of your heart that's letting you know that there's, there's a new resident that is here now. You can't talk any way in his presence. You must be born again. We must be born again. We must be born again. And listen, when we are born again, we are born uh, not in isolation, but we are born into a family. We are born into the family of God with their brothers and sisters and it gives us accountability and helps us to learn how to walk the walk. You're born into the family. You're not born in isolation. Babies are not just born into isolation. They are born into a family. They are born into a family. They are born with a connection with a mother, with a dad. They are born into a family. You're born into a family. When you're born again, you're born into a family. You're not born into isolation. And let me just say this to you. The danger of isolation is much greater than the risk of intimacy. And I want you to understand that. That the danger of isolation is greater than the risk of intimacy. There are some people that don't want to be in in community, but he's called us into community. You're not born in isolation. You go through gestation in isolation, but then you're born into the world. You're born into relationship, and immediately a child is born. A son is given. A daughter is given. You're born into a relationship. The moment you're born, here comes a relationship. Daughter, son, grandchild, niece, nephew, cousin. Immediately you are connected to another world. You, nobody is born disconnected. You're born with a relationship. The moment you're born, relationship. Christianity is about relationship. You should not be in isolation. We get sick in isolation. One of the first signs of mental illness is when people pull away to themselves and they are no longer in contact with their family or their friends. You have to always be careful about people who pull away from relationship. This is the danger of the digital world. The digital divide. It's one of the worst curses of our generation. It's when people got well enough to be able to afford a television in every room. In an internet in their own telephone. Because now they don't talk to each other. They're connected to God knows who. Saying what? This is why Jesus said you must be born again. Because when you come out your own way, you get it messed up. I mean, I don't know anybody who's reached adulthood who didn't have some regrets about some stuff that they did earlier in their life. We must be born again. And, and listen, one of the first feelings that you get after birth is hunger. When you're born again, you're hungry for the things of God. It's, it's the first sign. I mean, when a, when a baby comes, you don't have to teach a baby a sucking instinct. It's born into them. They, they, they're looking for the breast. And they have never been breastfed before. But when they come in, they, they've been fed on a tube. They've been on a feeding tube. But the moment that they're born, how they eat changes. How they eat changes. The source from which they draw their nutrition changes. 
And this is why you can't get born again and still keep feeding yourself with the garbage that you've been feeding. You got to eat from a higher source. We've been fed from a tube. Whether it's the internet, whether it's the television tube. We've been fed from a tube, but now he says, listen, you got to get on the bosom. Uh, he is El Shaddai. El Shaddai means the multi-breasted one. That means that you got to start feeding. But see, you don't feed unless you're hungry. But we come into the world because when the mother goes into labor, they stop her from eating. And when the mother doesn't eat, the baby doesn't eat. So when they, since she's gone through 18 hours of labor and the baby hadn't had a meal, mama's starving herself and the baby is starving. Birthing will always put you in a position of hunger. So whenever you have a baby, whenever you come as a baby, when you're born again, you're hungry to know God. You're hungry for his power. You're hungry for his glory. You're hungry for the knowledge of his word. There's a hunger that comes when you've been born again. That's why Jesus said you must be born again because I got to get you filled with some stuff. And so I'm going to let you start off with hunger. That's why I love to have babes around. I don't ever want to be in a church where there are no new babes in Christ. It's a sickness in a church if you don't have a nursery. I don't want everybody to have gray hair and blue hair. There needs to be a nursery in the church, whether your hair has turned gray or turned loose. I want somebody who's who's still sucking because there is no church for tomorrow if we don't have somebody giving birth. There's got to be new saints. There's got to be new, new folks that are coming that are hungry for a move of God, hungry to hear a word from God, hungry and not complacent. Somebody who's excited about a fresh testimony saying, look what the Lord has done. Let me just remind you that the greatest evangelists of the church are people that have been freshly saved within the first six months. You got to have babies that are excited about the kingdom of God. Not folks that's been there and just sitting around and just washing lumber into the house of the Lord. They got to have somebody who's saying, you know, this, this, I'm coming to get something for my soul that will feed me on the inside. I'm looking for hungry people because it's a sign that you've been born again where you got a hunger for the things of God, where you're hungry for Jesus. You're not hungry for a show. You're not hungry for cliches. You're not hungry for smoke and light. You want God. You've got to say, God, I've got to be able to live. I've got to be able to be empowered. I need something to help blast me out of my sin, out of where I came from. I know the stuff I've been bound by. I know the pornography that's there, the sin that's there, the lustful people that's trying to take me to bed. I know all of that. I need the Holy Ghost. I know the drugs that's there, the alcohol. God, I need a word from you. You got to have something from God that will feed you. But you got to be hungry. You got to be hungry. You got to be hungry. Hungry for his miracle power. Hungry for his grace. I want you to understand that being born again, it is an instant work of the Holy Spirit in the hearts of human beings. But growing in the character of Christ is a process. It's a journey. That's why you need a family. Galatians chapter 4 verse 19. My little children, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. Somebody needs to do spiritual formation in your life. Paul is saying, I'm laboring so that you grow up in the character of Christ. You're born of his spirit, but I've got to teach you his culture. You're born of his spirit, but I've got to teach you his principles. 
You got to learn the culture. You got to learn the characteristics of the kingdom by learning the character of the king. He says, I'm travailing in birth again until Christ is formed in you. We've, we're born again by God's grace. Notice what uh, St. John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13 says. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You're born of the will of God. You didn't come by your own decision. You're born by the will of God. Notice what he said back in in St. John chapter 3 verse 8. Notice, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who's born of the Spirit. Now you know there's a play on words here because the Greek word for wind here is the same Greek word in the same verse for spirit. It is the word, it's the Greek word pneuma. The pneuma blows where it wishes and you hear its sound. But you do not know where it comes from nor where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the pneuma. It's the same word. And he's trying to tell us here that the wind is treated as a picture of the spirit. The wind is treated as a picture of the spirit. Listen, the wind blows where it wishes. That means it is free. The Holy Spirit, in other words, is not constrained by us. The Holy Spirit is free. He's free. He's free. Number two, we hear its sound. We hear its sound. That means that there are perceptible uh, effects of the invisible wind. You hear its sound. You can hear the wind. You can't see it. You, there are perceptible uh, effects of the invisible spirit of God. You can't see the spirit, but you can see its effect. You, you can't see the Holy Ghost on a person, but you can see its effects in the person. Because this is the Holy Ghost when it, when it cleans up their language, when it tempers their temper. That's the work. We, we hear its sound. It means that we see its effect, even though we can't see it. Its effects are perceptible. We hear its sound. How can you doubt the existence of the wind when you hear its sound? I hear a sound of the Spirit even if you don't see it. So you know that it's there. Here's the third thing. We don't know where it comes from or where it goes. That is to say that we don't initiate the Spirit and we don't control its destination. There is an element of mystery in the Holy Spirit. And it says so it is with everybody who is born of the Spirit. You don't exactly know where you're going but you're following the Holy Ghost. You don't know what your next phase of your life is going to be but trust Him. Trust him. He who knows the way. You don't know what God has in store for you. This fell apart. You went through brokenness. You don't know what God is forming in you, but he's forming something. You don't know what God is growing in you, but he's growing something. So I just want you to realize that it's not our will. It's the will of the Holy Spirit because he moves as he wills. You don't even come to Christ because you will. You do it because he has willed for you. Notice uh, uh, John six forty four says, No one can come un, uh, unto me unless the Father who sent me draws him. He said, and then I will raise him up in the last day. Listen, I, I don't want you to get into a place where you ever confuse brokenness with barrenness. Don't confuse brokenness with barrenness. Because some people think that because they've been broken that they're barren. No, no, no. You're not barren. Brokenness means that you've gone through some things to God to get you ripe for production. 
you know, a farmer, before he can have a harvest, he has to first take a tiller and break up the fallow ground, brokenness. Until the ground is broken, nothing can be put in it. And until nothing is put in it, until something is put in it, you can get nothing out of it. But brokenness is the first step. Bro- brokenness is, is not a sign that you are not blessed. It's quite the opposite that is true. Brokenness is a sign that God has blessed you. Brokenness is a sign that God has blessed you. If God didn't love you, he wouldn't break you. He wouldn't break you. He's got to break us to conform us into his image because we got pieces that don't fit. And so he breaks us to conform us into the image. And and here's the great news about it. Here's the great news. Have you ever discovered that if a person plays athletics and if you break a bone, when that bone heals, it is stronger in the broken place than a place that has never been broken. God makes you stronger in the broken place than if you'd never been hurt in that area. And this is why you can see women that are in love with somebody and they used to cry every night, but after a while, when they've gone through brokenness, they can say the same words that used to make you cry. And it won't cause you to shed a tear now because you become strong in the broken place. See, God's working something. He has a way of being able to produce strength out of brokenness. I know it seems ironic, but we live in an ironic, paradoxical world. We live in a very ironic world. So, but you're stronger in the broken places. Uh, you, you remember in, in uh, Matthew chapter six, uh, 26 that Jesus took bread and he blessed it. He blessed it and then he broke it. And this is why I said that brokenness is a sign that you've already been blessed. He doesn't break what he hasn't blessed. He blesses you, then he breaks you so that he gets the blessing out of you that he put in you through the blessing. See, he blessed man originally. He, he blessed them. Then he said to them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue. He, he blessed them first. God will bless you and then break you. He'll bless you with a good mind and then break you. He'll bless you. He'll bless you with things and then break you. So you'll be surprised by some of the things that broken people have produced that have blessed others. I can't even explain it to you. Because God's gift in you is not for you, it's only through you. So God can use you to make other people laugh and you be crying yourself. Have you ever discovered, you know, how God works and he can use broken people to bless other folks? You know why? Because brokenness is fertilizer for an extraordinary harvest. It is fertilizer for an extraordinary harvest. You got to learn how to take your brokenness. And turn it into something that has power. Turn your pain into power. Do you know that in the secular world, companies are finding new ways every day to be able to to take waste and to turn it into energy and power. It's a prophetic sign to us that you ought to be able to take the waste, the mistakes of your past, and turn it into power, turn it into energy. Take waste. They're able to take waste. Stuff that people have thrown away. Take mistakes and turn it into power. Now if the world can do that, how much more can God take the failures of your life, the waste of your life, and use that as a fertilizer and turn it into energy and power that will fuel you for the things that you're supposed to do in, in the future. It is, it is the, they are the failures of your past that empower your future. 
You learn more through your failures than you do through your successes. You have to learn how to take what didn't work in your past and say, that has been my schoolmaster. That has taught me I've been through the school of hard knocks. I've got an advanced degree from the University of Adversity. And now it's because of how much I have failed and how much I have messed up that I am turning now my mistakes. I'm taking that waste that has been in my life, all of those years that I wasted, I'm turning it into energy. And I'm going to use what didn't work back then and I'm going to use it because it taught me what does work. Because now I know what didn't work and I don't have to waste time trying that anymore. I'm going to take the waste now and turn that into power. But brokenness is a fertilizer for an extraordinary harvest. And, And it brings us into a place of birth. Birth requires preparation. Preparation. 